tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. For this episode of our podcast, Dan and I grab our acoustics and take a look at all the variety you can get out of a very simple chord progression using techniques which make the most of the acoustic guitar. In this first part, we look mainly at rhythm, using arpeggios, fingerstyle, emphasising the bass and some ideas for how to effectively use the capo. Keep listening, and next time we'll look at the topic of soloing in an acoustic band. So Gary, I had some thoughts for the day as we we were sort of not sure what to do, were we? We were a little bit unsure of what topic to look at. Yep. So I've made a suggestion, um, and I hope it's to your liking. I'm, I'm thinking of looking at acoustic stuff for a change. We've not really done this for a very, very long time. I'm not sure if we've, if we've ever done it on the podcast. I think it would be really interesting, especially as you play electric and acoustic guitar, so maybe look at it from the point of view of maybe you're a guy coming off electric guitar, you've got an acoustic guitar, but whenever you get on that acoustic guitar, you end up kind of playing it like you're electric. Yeah, and so okay, that's how, great. How can we make things better? How, how can we kind of look at it through different eyes? Yeah? Sounds good to me. Now, I know you're predominantly, you, you come from more of an acoustic background, so you've probably got a little bit more sort of sympathy in the acoustic department. But, I mean, have there been times when you've been playing the electric and then transferred things onto acoustic and uh, and felt there's something sort of seriously lacking or...? Yeah, yeah, I, can, I certainly can remember that as well. I tend to make use of a few little tricks, I think, when I play the acoustic these days. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm doing kind of country, ballady type stuff, you know, Neil Young and things like that, I tend to use the same kind of hammer-ons and pull-offs and stuff to make it more interesting and then there's open strings but yeah some things that you transfer over from electric to acoustic do sound a little bit weak why do you think that might be you haven't got the game to play with maybe is one thing Mm. and volume is a constant as opposed to something you can change around there's less control over the tone apart from with your fingers Mm. So the playing's coming kind of directly from you, and some settings can be can leave the acoustic very, very lacking. If you're playing in a large room or outside and you're just doing like finger style stuff, yeah, it just gets lost. And people are talking, it gets yeah. lost. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a an interesting question because so many parents come to me about their son or daughter who's learning guitar and. And the inevitable question comes right at the start of the lessons, after the first <laughs> lesson. Should I buy? Yeah. You know, should I buy an acoustic for my my you know son or daughter, or should I buy an electric? Now my answer is always the same. You know, it, it's down to your wallet. Yeah. You know, and it's it's down to sort of you know what your child wants to learn. 
and not every child will necessarily gravitate directly towards an electric guitar. And there are pluses and minuses on both sides of the equation. The thing is, the acoustic guitar is so closely related to its electric cousin yeah. that really you'd be a fool not to dip in that pot at some point. And most people have, and for good reason. But there's a bit of a nugget of information which made me think very differently about acoustic guitar, which I got many, many years ago. When I was about 18, I left school and I worked in a couple of music shops. One music shop had guitars, but it was really all about the kind of like the high-tech gear and the recording gear, synths and stuff like that. And then after a couple of years there, I moved on to a, a kind of a guitar shop that just sold guitars. And I remember at some point along the line having a conversation with the boss... And I was quite shocked that he's selling all this beautiful stuff. You know, he's got Les Pauls, Gibson Les Pauls, Heritage Les Pauls, Fender Custom Shop stuff, or PRS. You know, he's loaded out with these beautiful guitars. And he said, I'm more of an acoustic player myself. Now, that was shocked me because of what was in his shop. But he said, yeah, I'm more of an acoustic player. You know, I've got a couple of Martins. And he said, I do have an electric. I've got a, a telly. But acoustic's what I play. And he said to me that you've got to treat it like it's a completely different instrument. Yeah, it makes makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense, but often people don't. So what I want to do is kind of have a little look at maybe the typical things that people maybe they do and ways that we can actually make them sound a whole lot better. Okay, you sounds know, good to me. And maybe yeah. some, some techniques which are involved. So first thing is chords. We talked a, a minute ago about the sound that the electric guitar makes and you were saying about the sort of levels of gain and stuff. The electric guitar has a lot of bravado going in its favour. You can do a lot of stuff with it, you know, you can you can make it sound pretty damn dramatic. If you're a good if you're a good player, it's surprising like how you can make an electric guitar sing, wail, scream and do whatever you yeah. want it to do. There are certain sounds like decent dobs of gain and effects and all that kind of thing can make the guitar sound itself sort of quite malleable. You you can turn it to doing a number of different things. I mean, people have made the electric guitar sound like a whale, for goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You yourself doing some of the violining made it sound very similar. Yeah, very, very different. There's all these different kind of palette of sounds you've got, you know, with the flick of a switch. Yeah. But as you quite rightly identified, with the acoustic guitar, it comes from you. Now, you and I know, after doing a recent lesson on getting tones and things, that actually your approach to the guitar, how hard you pluck a string or hit it or whatever, makes a big difference. And with the acoustic, probably that difference is multiplied again because you don't have the compression Mm. that things like overdrive and distortion bring. So how hard you hit a string with your pick, the kind of pick you're using, the kind of techniques, how loud and how soft your dynamics, all of that stuff on an acoustic guitar has to come from you. Yeah, and then if you're playing with other people, if you're in an acoustic setting playing with other people and you want to bring the dynamics down but other people are playing loudly, mm-hmm. it obviously you have to change what you're doing again to, or, or tell them to change what they're doing. You so know, to fit in. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I once heard it said, it was Scott Henderson, that music is a language, and that's very, very true. So you know, the phrases we play on guitar, they're like bits of conversation. But also, language requires that you engage with others. Otherwise, you're talking to yourself. So it's reading what they're going to do, reading, you know, 
what way you're taking the tune are you going louder are you going softer what are you going to do with this tune yeah so that that's all in the mix there as well let's maybe start off with some some basics say we were playing a really bobby basic tune i'm going to use the most commonly used chord progression on the planet e minor c g and d what do you think an electric guitarist might do if he's maybe not too experienced and he gets hold of these chords and he's going to rock out using these chords what's he going to do he's going to hit them he probably might only have to hit them once if he's got lots of gain um, well he might be also he, he might, might be using power chords yeah now power chords hmm power chords and acoustic really should yeah. go in room 101 shouldn't they they should yeah I mean Nirvana, <laughs> Nirvana in, his own, in their unplugged session I think they still kept them in didn't they the, the, the times when, when I think sort of like the power chords might work to your advantage is if you want to keep a tune slightly anonymous because power chords eliminate the notes the very notes which show you the major and minor quality of each chord you can kind of mess around with people's minds a little bit I remember Joe Satriani saying that when he did a song called War, he didn't want people to figure out whether it was major or minor. And so he played something kind of quite modal, sort of working around the notes and avoiding certain notes that you wanted to avoid and, you know, using a chord that was sort of neither one nor the other. So his instrumentalism could move from major to minor? Yeah, it's almost like well, if you're for? listening to it, you know, what, you know, where does this tune sit? What, what am I listening to? Mm. Whereas pop songs and that sort of thing are often very, very obvious. They mm. want to reel us in. They want to give us something familiar. So along comes Mr. Electric Guitar with his Epiphone Les Paul and his Marshall Hayes amplifier. He'll learn one day that valves are good. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> He might, be doing, he might be doing just a few notes here and there, so just two notes maybe. He'll probably get on that acoustic guitar though and, and maybe play. Yeah, okay, so using those powerful. Now while that's sort of okay, and if you've got a vocal over it, it might work, it's sort of like an electric guitar line. Yep. So what could we do to bring a bit of light and shade? What's the first thing that we could do? Play more of the strings. <laughs> play, play the, the full chords. Play the full chords, yeah. The full chords convey the entire harmonic content of the chords. Now this, I think, is also one of those... Yeah, I'm going to have to say it. One of those points as well where where so many rock songs kind of use like the sort of power chord thing people sometimes miss the fact until they get a bit of experience that actually the power chords if you played them as a full chord they would be a major or minor of some kind yeah depending on your key yeah yeah so if you're playing living on a prayer and it goes c d g c the real tune isn't going to be power chords you know if you look at the way the harmonic content works around it with the melody yeah. and everything yeah. you get a C major a D major a G major and then back to C major again and you you can hear the melody as well can't you the, the singer's singing that's it and pull that out of your chord too you can add some notes yeah. Or yeah but knowing the right chord is all important I remember saying to somebody recently how can you successfully solo over something if you don't know what the chord is supposed to be, how can you really truly identify the key? 
it's one thing to go, oh, it's in E, and kind of stumble over it using some pentatonic stuff. It's another thing to know that, like, right, I am in E minor. Yeah. Or I am in E major. Or my first chord is an E major, but then I have some other chords as well, which mean that I could play a mode of some kind. I can tell that by the notes in the chords. If you don't know what those notes are in the chord, then you're really in trouble. Yeah. So the first thing to do is maybe open up that guitar by playing the full chords. In our case, E minor, C, G and D. The next thing you could do as well to kind of expand the range of what you're doing, and it might be a case of like you want to strum it for choruses to add a bit more of a driving feel, but you want to kind of break things down a bit in the verse. Yeah. You can arpeggiate a chord. So arpeggiating a chord is breaking it down. It's playing its component parts separately, not all together in one strum. Yep. So this... Changing from using changes the, pitch, the sound, yeah. Changing the sound, that's right. It gives it a softer sort of halo around it. Yeah. So this is something else to consider. How tightly you hold the guitar and all that kind of thing changes the tone. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. An acoustic guitar, you know, the top needs to move. The whole thing yeah. needs to move and vibrate, ideally. So yeah, even just those two little things. You got a chorus, all right? Let's drive power through that chorus. thing happens when people learn the guitar often they learn a load of open chords and they learn maybe a few songs using open chords and hopefully they'll remember those but often once people get hold of bar chords if they play electric guitar sometimes the the open chords kind of take this back seat yeah. almost like yeah i learned them i forgot them i've heard yeah. that quite a lot I've seen that quite a lot on an acoustic guitar the open chords are good because they allow the open strings to ring. Yeah. And open strings are good because they have a nice, bright tonality to them. If your tune is in a different key, which won't affect your power chords quite as much, 
you can always put a capo on the guitar. So without a capo, you know, what I was doing there was in E minor, yeah. E minor, C, G and D. If my capo was on the first fret, it would be in F minor. If it was on the second fret, it would be in F sharp minor and so on. So we're trying to make the best of what the acoustic guitar has. Now, you did something very interesting. You finger-picked the yeah. four chords, and that softened it. So if you had a song that's particularly mellow, something which would be sympathetic to that song would be maybe trying finger-picking instead. soften it if you were doing something that sort of had a bit of a swing a swinging feel maybe but the same four chords or whatever four chords you choose you could maybe play it in what we call piano style where you use your thumb on the bass notes and maybe your other three fingers sound could be quite an interesting sound is if you want to hear the notes all in one hit now people don't always appreciate this until it's explained but when you strum your pick will hit your first picked note first and your last picked note last so if I strum through the minor chord it's going to hit E first and the higher E last Whereas if I do them all together, or as many of the strings as I can. It's a completely different sound. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's worth bearing in mind as well, yeah. It is. So this is assuming you were going to maybe take your acoustic and you're going to slot it into an electric track, maybe. Now, something that you can do when you're playing acoustic on your own is trying to sort of complete the situation musically. So rather than just playing little bits like that, maybe think about extending the bass line. So maybe like yeah. connecting chords together. Yes, yeah, good, good plan. <laughs> yeah, so we could... Imagine what a bass would do. Yeah, I'm not so good at that. So I've got an open second third, then third on the A string, so that connects my E minor with my C. And then I've worked my way down. C, B, A, so third, second, and open on the A string. Into the G chord. Yep. Then second and third on the A string. 
notes B and C, give me the D. Depending on your tune, that can make it yep. quite interesting. Separating that bass note out of the bass line out. Sort of lifts it a little bit. Yeah. Now another thing you can do is chord substitution. Okay. Often th people think the chords are what the chords are, what the chords are. They yeah. are what they are, what they are. Meh. Meh. I say. Yeah, yeah. There's always things you can do. So you could always extend chords as long as you're using the, the notes in the same key. Yeah. It can work. So your E minor. Yeah. C can always become a C add 9. G can always become a G add 9. I've got a G oh. finger on the second third. And D can always be a D7 sus 4.
So we've taken it from this. Now there's something else that you can do, which you may or may not have pondered in your time, and that is using a capo to give you a kind of 12-string effect. Yeah. So place your capo yeah. on the 7th fret. So you'll be playing the chords A minor. Yeah. Oh yeah, we do, we do do this, yeah. C. Sorry, A minor to F, my apologies. sort of mirroring the chords but it does mean you're gonna to have to play different shapes yeah yeah so an E minor down here in the open position is gonna be a cap on the seventh fret and then an A minor you can if you want to be a bit more subtle with it put your cap at the second fret this is also quite a good studio technique oh yeah D E minor there then so yeah so you get D minor B flat and then twiddles that you would use for the open position as well that's right and that's something else you can use is sort of using the hand rolls and pull-offs yeah to, to different different chords so with the e minor down the bottom of course both of them you can hammer yeah. on c again one on the d yeah. string and b is pretty good
that's playing the same four chords, but with the capo at the seventh fret, yeah. and just revoicing them slightly. So I've got A minor seven. My F is my F, but I've missed out the notes. Give me on the G string to give me an open G. So it's like an F add nine. C is what it is, and the G instead of hitting the bottom string, I'm hitting the A string instead. it's surprisingly pretty sounding yeah it does yeah you know if you think of what we started with which was four blocky power chords yeah and we haven't done anything which is really complicated but what the acoustic guitar does make you do is if you want it to sound really good and you want to get the best of it it will make you utilize a capo more than you've ever known yeah possibly even some unusual tunings if you want to go into that and also it's very good for getting you to know your chords because if you're going to move this stuff around like we have you, you, you're going to have to kind of know where your other chords are. Yeah, it's mental gymnastics as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, with acoustic, you know, by blending a couple of different parts, at the end of the day, if your electric guitar is occupying territory down at the bottom of the neck, you might not want to be occupying the same territory on the acoustic guitar. You might be wanting to put things in a different place. I know if I'm playing guitar parts along with another guitar player I try if I can it's not always possible and sometimes it does work playing in the same place but I try and step out of that if I possibly can I try and play something different much more interesting it is I mean there's times when you want that wall of rock you know the wall of rock noise yeah but but so often it's much much harmonically interesting and easier on the ear to yeah. play something complementary in a different place and just to work around what the other guy's doing yeah, agreed, yeah. Yeah, totally. Detuning as well, the different tunings and stuff, it's just, if you play with other people, you've got to let, you know, they've got to give you a chance to get yourself into that tuning, haven't they? What would you say, well, they have, what would you say is the biggest challenge to playing acoustic music with other people that you've come across? Maybe we can address that. If you're um, actually you're doing it for real and you're doing it now. The fellas I'm playing with now are really good. The dynamics can be really, really good between between us we can go really low and quiet for quite a while and we tend to notice what each other's doing we listen to each other and do it that way so that's that's good and that's the only way I guess I've really kind of played like that but when it goes wrong is when you there are there is no dynamics and you're just both playing really loudly and just strumming and doesn't mm. sound very good the same place you know so they're the kind of main issues I think um I think uh, the different tunings tend to be an issue because you don't practice them as much. What, what you know tunings what I mean? are some of your tunes in? Um, and that's, a, that's an issue as well. There's a um, there's couple of Neil Young songs that are in drop C and that's a little bit low for my guitar. That's yeah. taking it right down from E on the bass down to C and it just sounds... Yeah. 
it loses its resonance at that point as well. You need um, thicker strings, really. You need another guitar with yeah, thicker I mean, strings. To be honest with you, there, there's limits of navigation with dropping down. Yeah. I think if you're using a fairly sensible gauge of string, like say you're tuning to concert pitch, most of the time you're using 12s on an acoustic. Yeah, that's what I do. Or 10s on an electric. If you drop them much more than a tone, it's not really going to work so well. You know, the strings will be flapping in the breeze. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of sort of stick to that remit, you, know, you almost be better off buying a cheap £100 Yamaha guitar yeah. or something like that, a Yamaha acoustic, and stringing it with 13s and using that for your drop tuning songs. Maybe even 14s or something. Maybe. You could Would go you higher. 13s feel pretty manly on, a, on an acoustic tuned up okay. to, tuned up to um, concert pitch. But yeah, I mean, you could, you could go heavier still. If it's, if it's I'm going to do that with my lag. I've got my lag one. I'm definitely going to do that. Ah, right. Well, you've got your answer right there. But yeah, I mean, with, with tunings, there is a, a sort of point at which you can't really do much about the guitar not sounding so good unless you're going to restring it with something else. But that something else is not necessarily going to be ideal for playing in normal concert pitch. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.